What week is it? What day is it? Week 15. Week 15 of the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. It's Thursday, and I'm Chris Towers. We got a full, not a full house. A full house. We got a Anytime house, you're running the podcast. We got a house full a of fools. Full house. <laughs> Heath Cummings, Scott White, Chris Towers here, Adam Azer. Enjoy your Costa Rican vacation. That's where I'm sending him. Yeah, I don't think that's where he is. It's just good to be back on the podcast. I missed you. This is your, okay, you keep doing this. Right. This is your fourth podcast of the week. Um, well, we've released three so far, right? Yeah, and you've been on two of them. I this was the definitely on Mondays. Four. Scott, did you listen to the interviews with uh, Jonah Carey and Ben Lindbergh? I, I didn't listen to them, oh. sorry to say. Uh, yeah, Chris did a phenomenal job, I thought. Uh, there was a technical snafu, and Heath was not included for about 13 minutes of one episode. And drama queen that he is, he has to make a whole stink about it. The whole office knows. Can I just he give threw, my Jason Vargas quip on this podcast? Because it was good. He threw a glass. Scott, here's the thing. I provided a lot of information to that podcast, <laughs> mm-hmm. and Chris just wiped it from the face of the earth. As well I should have. We are going to be previewing the very brief week 15. We are going to have some news and notes. We're going to check in on the prospect scene, Scott's. Top 25. It's not prospects because there prospects. are prospects. Yeah. Yeah. But that's it's not prospects. the top 25 prospects. It is the top 25 prospects, depending how you define Who have prospects. not made it to the majors yet. Yes. Check it out on CBSSports.com. Yes. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But got to talk about the big news. Got to talk about the big news. Jose Quintana sent to the Chicago Cubs, tightening up that rotation. We'll see. The White Sox get a prospect package, including four prospects, two real prospects. The Cubs <laughs> get Jose Quintana. The White Sox get Eloy Jimenez, who you know of the the Natural. Would that be the the movie? Yeah. Um, yes, the Natural. He did his best yes. uh, Roy Hobbs impersonation in the uh, High A home, home run, run derby. derby. Yeah, shattering the lights out there with a with a blast. Also, Dylan Cease, a hard throwing right hander, also from the. Uh, the high A South Bend Cubs. The South Bend Cubs really losing a lot of talent here. They also, Matt Rose and Bryant Fleet. Matt Rose, 22-year-old in high A. Bryant Fleet, a 24-year-old in high A. That probably tells you all you need to know about those two. Yeah, they don't matter. Forget them. What does this mean for Jose Quintana's value? Uh, well, I think it has to go up, right? I mean, he's going to the easier league. I, I think, actually, a more favorable park. Um, and the biggest thing is he has an actual supporting cast now, when coming into this year, the, the biggest knock on Jose Quintana is that for as consistent as he is with the ERA and pitching 200-plus innings, he's gotten burned in terms of wins and losses because he didn't have much of a supporting cast. Well, despite how the Cubs performed in the first half, you could still argue it's one of the best supporting casts in baseball. And at a time when Jose Quintana appears to be turning things around, his last seven starts... I uh, don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but it's like a 270 ERA, 1-2 whip, 10.1 strikeouts per nine innings. The home run rate has normalized. And just the investment Theo Epstein was willing to make in him, I, I think shows that the Cubs are every bit convinced he's the pitcher we saw the four years prior to this one. Right. I mean, that's a huge haul. Aloy Jimenez, the Cubs basically acquired 
Jose Quintana at the same cost that the Red Sox acquired Chris Sale prior to this season. Because yeah. Jimenez is like Yohan Moncada mm-hmm. in the conversation for best prospect in baseball and uh, a Dylan Cease. Very, that was my thought, is very Michael Kopech ash Yeah. Throws really yeah. hard, gets a lot of strikeouts. Some control issues there to sort out, but you definitely see an A ceiling here they're, they're for Dylan Cease. Yeah, and, and like you said, Jose Quintana, last 40 innings over the last seven starts, he has a 270 ERA, 45 strikeouts, 16 walks in 40 innings. So he's been extremely good. Great trade for both teams. Increases eh. the value for everyone involved. It's yeah. easier for these two prospects to get to the major leagues with definitely. the White Sox. Although, given how patient they've been with Yohan Mankata this season, it makes a lot of sense to think that Eloy Jimenez is probably still a year away. Oh, yeah. He's in high A right now. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't coming up this year regardless. But now I think it's clear he'll be up at some point next year. Mm -hmm. Um, At least possible. I just, I, you know, this isn't, this is kind of getting away from the fantasy analysis, but it's it's kind of interesting what we're seeing with some of the trade. All three involving the White Sox, by the way, Mm -hmm. but Adam Eaton, Chris Sale, I mean, you know, can, the Cubs gave up a, a sale-like haul for Quintana, but that Chris Sale trade, that seemed like a huge price even for Sale yep. in this offseason based on to what we what we were used to seeing top prospects go for. So between those three trades, Quintana, Sale, Eaton, all three benefiting the White Sox, it seems like GMs around the league are kind of loosening their grip on the, uh, on the elite prospect. Guys who, for the last 10 years, we've thought of as untouchable are now just the going rate for... Uh, a proven player with a with a moderate salary like like Quintana has. He's under team control for three years. Yeah, two and a half years. Uh, two years after this one, this isn't a. It's a big trade, but it's not a huge trade for fantasy purposes. Quintana, universally owned. It's not like he can be more universally owned. He probably sees a, a nice impro- improvement in his value, but it doesn't move anything. And for this year at least, Eloy Jimenez's value doesn't change. He's probably not someone we're going to be drafting next season either, unless maybe the White Sox call him up to double-A soon. He starts mashing there. Then, once you get to double-A, then you can start saying, well... I mean, it, it's quite possible that next year, going into the season, we'll think of him much the same way we thought of Moncada going into this yeah. season. I mean, if So I will think that you shouldn't draft him. Yeah, if you want to be that inside baseball about it, sure. Okay. We hadn't talked about Heath enough. Yeah, in the, I hadn't in the, heard in my name at all. Intervening five minutes. Heath, so we need why to, am I even so, here? Okay, so just to <laughs> clarify, Heath was not on board with drafting and stashing Yohan Moncada coming into this season. That's what that comment wasn't all about if it wasn't obvious from the context. A potentially more actionable trade also went down shortly after this, and obviously not as big a name as Jose Quintana, but the Yankees acquired first baseman Garrett Cooper from the Milwaukee Brewers for – Lefty reliever Tyler Webb. Uh, Garrett Cooper will be with the Yankees uh, Major League team, correct? Uh, you know, I did not know much about Garrett Cooper, but he has put up some crazy numbers at AAA this and year. 26-year-old. Colorado Springs is... Uh, sure, sure. 366 batting average, 17 homers, and, and 320 plate appearances. Um, yeah, I don't... I, I mean, obviously, it, it seems like this is, this is something... The the Yankees are at least using this as a way, uh, considering this a potential upgrade yeah. on the cheap at first base. They released before uh, they Chris Carter in recent days. Yeah, before they go all in on like a Justin Bohr trade or a Tommy Joseph trade or something like that. So, 
I would imagine Cooper will get a chance before that. Very good plate discipline, uh, 322 strikeouts in 446 games. Not much power before this season. The power clearly getting an uh, an aid from the thin air in Colorado Springs. But a career 300 hitter, that that juiced ball, you know, that we've seen a lot of guys with middling power come up. And I I think he's worth a look in in AL-only leagues for sure. Yeah, no, I think so too. I agree. All right, let's – Let's move on to the rest of the show. Week 15. Well, let's go do the news and notes before we do the week 15 preview. David Dahl played in a real professional baseball game, made his rehab debut at high at high class A Wednesday, going one for three. What's the path to playing time for David Dahl? I assume he needs an entire spring training's worth of games. You get 20 games on a rehab assignment? I'm not because uh, that's changed in recent years. Yeah. It's, it's something like that. Twenty or thirty days. I think I, th- yeah. I thought it was thirty days, okay. but I could be wrong. Yeah, I'm still not counting on him helping this year because you have to figure Cargo will be back by about that point. Rymel Tapi has done a great job in Cargo's absence. Gerardo Parra has been great. Yeah, he's he recently returned from the DL, so there's still there's still an outfield crunch for the Rockies, but you know, at the very least, I think Dahl is still in the September call-up discussion, and and who knows what changes between now and then. Nate Jones out for the season with elbow surgery. He hasn't pitched since late April. The Phillies would be willing to take on additional salary to acquire Christian Yelich, according to reports. I'll, I'll take Sixto Sanchez for him. Let's do it <laughs> right now. Call it I in. I mean, it, if I wonder if a rebuilding team like the Phillies is backing away from that idea, seeing what it costs the Cubs to get Jose Quintana, because I think we'd all agree Christian Yelich is a much better asset than Jose Quintana. Yes. There were also some rumors surrounding D. Gordon and the Kansas City Royals. Uh, yeah. That's a very good fit because the Royals don't have any prospects and the Marlins don't really value prospects. There you go. So that could uh, Yeah, out. a couple of teams have been sniffing around D. Gordon. The Yankees have been linked to Justin Bohr. Uh Highly recommend go to philly.com, read the one night with Philly's pitching prospect Sixto Sanchez story. It's illuminating. He's been outstanding, arguably the best pitching prospect in the minors this season in terms of performance. Uh, Danny Salazar made another rehab start, was great. Seven strikeouts, two walks, and five two-hit innings at short season Class A. Yeah. When do you think we'll be back? Next week is a possibility. Uh, but and, and the rehab assignment had gone very poorly until this one, and it was at short season Class A, so against players who were just drafted by yeah. and large. Uh, so I don't I don't know if he's, he's really back or not. Seventy seven percent owned. We know what kind of talent he is. Yeah, we know what kind of, upside, of sure. frustration he can bring to your fantasy team. But I still think he's probably a must own player. Just the the upside's too high, and I'm I'm looking for upside at starting pitcher. He's pretty close. I I don't think seventy percent needs to drop any. Probably d- does need to go up a little. Uh, Cesar Hernandez beginning a rehab assignment as he recovers from a oblique injury, so hopefully he'll be back soon. Ronald Acuna, Acuna, Acuna was promoted to Triple A Gwinnett, so we could see him. Uh, what's the story on Acuna? <sighs> Acuna has been Acuna. one of the <laughs> Matata. Manca- well, you know, Mancata. actually, um, Suspetta's Family Barbecue. Oh, the yes, th- that's the Twitter handle. It's mm-hmm. a funny, funny t- baseball-related Twitter account. Yes, it got a photo of Acuna standing directly in front of Moncada at the there Futures game. Acuna Moncada. Fantastic. Yeah. Um. Anyway, 
Yeah, one of the fastest rising prospects this year, Acuna, um, just 19 years old, and moved up to Double A about midseason and just completely dominated that league, which is usually you know kind of the weed out course. Yeah. For minor leaguers, double A. 326, 895 OPS, 19 steals, 9 home runs in 57 games at double A Mississippi. Actually seemed to improve there, too. He cut way down on his strikeouts. Mm -hmm. There's developing power, ton of speed and athleticism. He's been earning comparisons to Andrew Jones down there. And uh, Andrew Jones made the majors as a teenager, famously. I don't think think the Braves are going to make the World Series, though. No, no. He's not going to hit two home runs in the World Series like Andrew Jones did. But... That that they're already promoting him to AAA, I think, suggests it's not outside the realm of possibility he could come up in the second half. Like I said about El- Eloy Jimenez, if you once you get to AA, you could be a good month away mm-hmm. from the majors, and that's even more true of AAA. At this point, it's it's more about whether they want to call him up. We're going to talk about prospects a little later. Sixto Sanchez actually did not make my midseason top twenty-five, wow. but Acuna did. And actually made the top ten. Well, Sixto doesn't pitch for the Braves. (laughs) I mean, we could get into the reasons why Sixto Sanchez didn't make it. He was. I did have twenty-five honorable mentions after the top twenty-five, and he was among those. So obviously, very good prospect. The the miscongeniality of Scott's (laughs) top twenty-five prospects. All right, let's uh, let's look ahead at week fifteen very briefly. If you're playing a three-day week, why? You're probably. Why are you playing a three-day week? There's probably something wrong. Yeah, but. I was actually happy Heath wasn't going to be on this podcast at first <laughs> because I, I had a feeling he would take the conversation in the gutter. Yeah, all I, like he said something probably went wrong. I was going to say if you're playing in a three-day week, Scott's probably your commissioner. No, the, the standard CBS sports rules are this the, the weekend after the All-Star break counts as a week unto itself. Now, there are ways around that if you don't want to do it. Uh, I think there's an actual option you can click just to combine that yeah. with week 16, make it an extra long week 15. I don't know why that's necessarily better. Um, one compromise I've come up in w- with one league is uh, start w- one scoring period on Friday and to take it through Tuesday, start the next one on Wednesday, take it through Sunday. So it's two five-day scoring periods instead of a 10-day or a three-day. And then there's also... You know, one way around it is just to eliminate these three games altogether. It's probably a little late to have that discussion in your league. You're probably locked into whatever the settings were already at this point. But uh, those are options maybe to consider next year. So some things to know. Yankees Red Sox play a doubleheader on Sunday, so they actually have a four-game week, which is yes, nice they do. for those of you who have some Red Sox and Yankees. You get an extra 33%. Yeah, I don't know how much it helps, really, because... You have to figure some of their hitters will sit yeah. during one of those doubleheader games, and the matchups for both teams in terms of the pitchers they're facing are pretty tough. But it's it's uh, it's something to keep in mind because the difference between four and three is obviously even bigger than the difference between seven and six. All right, Scott, I'm, I'm putting a timer on. Okay. I'm going to give you a minute for sleeper hitters for week 15. One minute. Okay, so... You can't take as big a chance as, as you might normally with players who are injured. So, you know, Matt Holiday coming off the DL, Starling Castro, Chris Davis of the Orioles, Eduardo Nunez, they're all coming back from the DL, but you can't afford uh, to take, take a, a risk with them losing, of, of them playing only two games instead 45 of 45 seconds. So my favorite, 
my favorite sleepers for this week, uh, Ian Happ's number one. I think the Cubs have the best matchups against the Royals ro- Orioles rotation. Tommy Pham is still very high on my list. Obviously, he's had a productive stretch. Add Jock, Tommy Pham. Jock Peterson facing all righties. And he's Jock been Peterson. great since coming off the deal. Max Kepler facing all righties. He's been great against 20. them. Max Malik Smith facing all righties. He's been great against them. I don't want to spoil all 10 of the sleeper hitters for you. Go to CBSSports.com and check them out. Scott, is that it for the sleeper hitters? Yes. You've got nine seconds left on the clock. I'm going to give you nine more – or one more minute, 60 seconds. Four sleeper pitchers. Obviously, no two-star pitchers in a three-game week, <laughs> but you need to be extra – like some pitchers aren't even going to start at all. That's that's kind of the biggest downside yep. of the three game week. So forty percent of them. Yeah. So you, so you're going to have to make uh, be very aggressive with your roster spots. Not saying you could just drop anybody for an extra start this week, but you may have to make some tougher decisions than normal. Trevor Cahill, I think, is far and away the best sleeper pitcher this week. Probably deserves to be owned anyway, and he's going against the Giants with that elite ground ball rate, elite whiff rate. Uh, you need to get him active now and maybe forever. Ian Kennedy's been on a nice run. Uh, you know, Ma- uh, Mike Fires has been on a pretty nice run. I know the walks have been kind of high the last two starts, but that secondary arsenal has been playing up lately. He gets the Twins this week. I think Jeff Hoffman, because he's on the road at the Mets, he's a good option. His All four of his road starts have been quality starts. And I guess that's time. <laughs> Ten really sleeper pitchers session. out there, so if you want to find out all of them. Go to cbsports.com slash fantasy, look up Scott's stuff for week 15, and might as well just go back tomorrow, look up his stuff for week 16. Yeah, quick turnaround. There. And you can also find Scott's top 25 prospects piece on there. Scott, let's talk about these guys. Mm-hmm. Top prospects who haven't debuted in the majors yet, so no Yohan Moncada. Who else would be eligible that did, that wasn't? Uh, so, yeah, it's a pretty long list, actually. Franklin Barreto, we'll see him again. Lewis Brenson's actually been a monster since returning to AAA. Hit about 430 with a 1250 OPS, something like that. Yep. Uh, the Brewers don't have a great need for him, but I imagine he'll be back. Tyler Glass now has done kind of a Blake Snell thing at AAA, back to getting tons of strikeouts. The walk's still kind of high. Obviously, Snell's return hasn't gone well. I don't know that Glass now's will either. Uh, Derek Fisher, Tom Murphy, Luke, Luke Weaver. Weaver. Yeah, yeah. When it, it'll be interesting to see whether uh, if the Cardinals start trading off some pitchers, Luke Weaver, I would guess, would get the first shot. Is there a spot for Jack Flaherty, too, who just missed my midseason top 25? He's been one of the biggest breakout pitchers in the minors this year. And Reynaldo Lopez uh, didn't make my top 25 because he debuted last year, of course, had an 11 strikeout game against the Braves in August. But uh, it seems like this trade, removing Quintana from the White Sox rotation, may be the opening Big question. Lopez needs. Is Ronaldo Lopez a better fantasy prospect today, July 13th, than Lucas Giolito? I think he is. He's been, Lucas Giolito's it, been bad. He has been very bad. And, and Lopez hasn't had a great year at AAA, but his last three starts have all been very good. Giolito's last start was great. Two hits, I think, ten strikeouts in seven innings. So uh, I don't know that the White Sox will need a fifth starter till late July. They have some time to figure this out. 
Uh, I would guess, though, as of today, though, Lopez would be the next one up. They'll probably find a spot for both of them by the trade deadline. Can I just uh, say I love Micro Machines voice Scott White that he's just stuck in now since we gave him the one-minute timeline? <laughs> you know how many times people have checked their podcast to see if they clicked the little thing to make it one and a half times in the last <laughs> few minutes? Well, it's fantastic. Lucas Giolito, uh, worth noting, 498 ERA, 9.7 strikeouts is really good, but 4.1 walks per nine. Uh, Ronaldo Lopez, on the other hand, 397 ERA, not quite as many strikeouts, not quite as many walks either. Um, but neither has been as good as you might have hoped. They're 22 and 23, respectively, um, for the Charlotte Knights of the International League. Yes. I know my stuff. <laughs> You're nailing it, really. Uh, I would sound like a chipmunk if, if I was on 1.5 speed, right? I like think they, they I think know. chipmunk speed is like two, maybe three times. I think but there's a little chipmunk quality. There's a higher pitch, right? Like the you sound like Adam. I sound like Adam. Wow, Heath is just he's on it. He's, he's in a mood. He's just comes. Up. He didn't want to be on today's show. Full disclosure. The only only reason Heath is on is because we needed to use his computer. Thanks, Scott. <laughs> I bring no value like, to the podcast except for my computer. Is what you're I doing. mean, really? you're, just, you're just coming in here with the insults. That's <laughs> the really all you're doing. The computer belongs to the company. So are you really bringing any value? None. <laughs> all right, let's talk about the actual top prospects. Adam Rosario, Ahmad Rosario, number one. Yeah. Are they ever going to call him up? Does Are they ever going to call him up? Yes, they will call him up, I think, sooner than later. My guess is the reason they haven't, despite whatever excuses they make, is they just want to showcase as Drupal Cabrera and Jose Reyes before the trade deadline. Trade deadline's coming up. It's going to basically be here by days. the time the White Sox need a fifth starter again. So, uh, uh, yeah, Ahmed Rosario, I, I guess he'll be up before the end of the month. And uh, he's really the only one from my midseason top 10, let's say, who I feel confident will be up. Do we want to run through those names real quick? My uh, midseason top 10 prospect. Again, these are ones who haven't debuted in the majors yet. Yes. Uh, the top 10, and what you should do is go to cbssports.com slash fantasy. Look up this. I think it's still the lead story up there. And, um, Scott, what you did is you basically give a write-up, you give the numbers so far, and you also give basically – not a prediction of when they're going to get called up, but their chances of getting called up this season. Uh, yes. The top ten, Ahmed Rosario, shortstop in the Mets system. Rafael Devers, third baseman for the Red Sox. Is he at double-A yet? He is in double-A. He's been in double-A most of the year and has done really well there. Francisco Mejia of the Indians. Eloy Jimenez, obviously not now, of the Cubs, yeah. of the White Sox. Yep. Gleyber Torres of the Yankees. I feel very confident in saying Glaber Torres will not be called up this season, guys. I think that's a good call. Yeah, Tommy uh, John. Tommy John surgery, obviously, in the last couple of weeks. Kyle Tucker for the Astros. Oh, you skipped one. Brendan Rodgers for the Rockies, who is still at high A, right? Or did he get called up to double A? He got called up to double A recently. Has yep. been dreadful there so far after just destroying the yep. California League, hitter-friendly league. Uh, Kyle Tucker, outfielder for the Astros. Brent Honeywell in that screwball for the Rays. Victor Robles. Robles? Robles? Robles. Robles for the Nationals. And Ronald Acuna. Who among this group will we see this season? Again, Rosario, I think definitely. Yep. There's a chance for Acuna, like I said earlier. I think there's some glimmer of hope for Brent Honeywell, although 
AAA has been kind of the first time he's struggled in the minors so far. Uh, so that may hold him back. That's pretty much it. Most of these players are very, very high upside, but not particularly. They don't earn high marks for uh, um, Polish? proximity. Okay. Different P word I was looking for. But further down on the list, among my top 25, and even beyond that, I, it's basically a top 50. I just don't bother to order the second half of the 25. They're just kind of listed there at the end and al- alphabetically. Which, you know, it's that range of prospects is really hard to pick favorites anyway. Um, Ozzy Albies, I think it's almost certainly going to be up in the second half. Another Braves prospect. Brandon Phillips is an impending free agent, mm-hmm. very likely trade candidate. Yes, and Albies, we've, we've, talked, we've heard about him for a long time in prospect circles. Didn't seem clear what he brought to the table. Uh, other than a high batting average, but he has been prolific base stealer in the minors this season, and very recently, over the last month or so, has started to provide some surprising power. Now, I don't think he's profiles as a twenty homer guy in the majors all of a sudden, but well, we're kind of in an era where, you know, if if you have any measure of hitting ability, a twenty homer season is within the realm of possibility. And this is one thing that he talked about uh, that Ben Lindbergh talked about during, and I think Jonah Carey actually did too, is that we've seen both of them, or we've seen over the last year and a half, two years, guys come up to the majors and hit for better power. And it's not just like we can look at Aaron Judge and Cody Bellinger, guys who always had raw power but who didn't have the in-game power yet in the minors. But we're seeing like pretty across the board kind of guys posting better power numbers in the majors. And the ball's a pretty good explanation. Are you are you more excited about Albies than you were Dansby Swanson? No, I'm more excited about Dansby Swanson. Albies didn't have the quite as much pedigree. I mean, Swanson was a number one overall pick. I mean, that's that that's ba- the analysis can kind of end there. And he's hitting two two ninety two with a seven eighty seven OPS in AAA. Those numbers don't blow you away. He's been pretty much consistently a seven a high seven hundreds OPS in the minors. But yeah. He's also been very young. He yeah. was 18 when he posted a 771 OPS at uh, Class A Rome. Last season between both AA and AAA, he was 19 years old and hit 292, hit 321 as a 19-year-old at AA Mississippi. Now he's hitting 292 at AAA Gwinnett. So a lot to like there. I think, and you know this things, these things better than I do. You've got your ear closer to the ground. I think you might be underselling the chances that Rafael Devers gets the call. The what, what Red Sox have had yeah, you're right. some of the worst no, third right. base production in the majors, 625 OPS. They could from really use Trevor Shaw. Their, their so, catcher, their, their combined catcher OPS, and not exactly the best catching situation in the majors, is a 40-point OPS points higher than their third base. Yeah, there's been a lot of smoke around Martin Prado to the Red Sox, yeah. and I think that would end any chances of Devers getting called up in the second half. But until that happens, until the Mar- uh, the Red Sox acquire Prado or some other veteran third base, then and remember this Devers to the majors is very much in play. This is a team that called up Yohan Moncada last season to play third base, even though he had very little experience there. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I would say Albies is a higher priority. Uh, uh, Reese Hoskins, I mentioned yeah. Tommy Joseph earlier as a first-base possibility for the Yankees or some other club. It seems like the Phillies are willing to move him to get Hoskins' bat 
in the majors finally. Uh, J.P. Crawford of the Phillies also. Man. Guy who's been a top 10 prospect for a long time and is just... The numbers stink. Uh, yeah, I mean, and he's hit AAA with a thud, basically, you, you two hope, years in a row. You hope it's something like a Francisco Lindor situation, except Francisco Lindor hit in the minors. He just didn't hit like this. Right, and it's worth noting J.P. Crawford still had exceptional plate discipline even when he hasn't hit so well. Uh, he started to get hot toward the end of the first half. 9-12 OPS in his last 21 games. So it, it's going to take a sustained hot streak, I think, for Crawford to get the call in the second half. But he's a shortstop with good plate discipline and uh, obviously a top prospect pedigree. I'm surprised we haven't heard more about Willie Calhoun getting called up for the Dodgers, potentially. Because he's at, he's been at AAA all year. Uh, has hit for a ton of power each of the last two years, and with a good strikeout rate. Like there, there's not a clear hole there for pitcher for major league pitchers to exploit. He's only five foot eight, so there's not big holes. Twenty seven homers uh, at Double A Tulsa last season as a twenty one year old to hit two fifty four. So yeah, know, yeah, not I a great mean. batting average, but he only struck out sixty five times in five hundred sixty plate appearances. There, now th this season, nineteen homers in eighty two games. 44 strikeouts and 344 plate appearances with a, lot a of 302 batting average. A lot of contact. So you look at last season, you say the batting average isn't great. Maybe he's got the wrong kind of profile, even with the batted ball. Maybe he's a Nolan Arenado without the benefit of course field kind of guy where he's just never going to hit for average. But he's a 284 career hitter, hit 316 in 2015. So I think last year was just some bad luck this Yes. Yeah, that seemed to be uh, the consensus coming into the year. And they're not even playing Logan Forsythe every day anymore, the Dodgers. He's been terrible this year. I don't think Chase Et Chase, Chase Utley is uh, a starting second baseman for a first division ball club. I don't buy the Chris Taylor thing continuing. Why do you hate Chris Taylor? Why do you like Chris Taylor? Um, I don't think he does. What's that? I don't think he does. No, we just we get like once a week – at least, maybe more often. When are you guys going to start giving Chris Taylor credit? Chris Taylor has been pretty phenomenal this year. Like, I don't think that's overstating it. He had a very nice run. And he's been good lately. Has he? I, we had this discussion, actually, I think three days ago, and there haven't been any games last, since then. Last Chris 18 Taylor. games, 239 with a 669 OPS. Chris Taylor is not a prospect, my friends. No. That he's not, but... About. You know who is a prospect? Who? There we go again. What? <laughs> Poo-pooing Chris Taylor immediately. Like Don't, well, don't even discuss not. it. He's, Chris literally, <laughs> he's literally not a prospect. Okay. He's lost his rookie eligibility. His service clock has started. <laughs> a guy we very likely will see, I would say. Dominic Smith, right? Yes. Uh, hitting 330 at AAA Las Vegas. Very favorable hitting environment there in the PCL, one of the best hitters park within the PCL. Mm -hmm. But hitting 330, this is a career 300 hitter. Pretty good plate discipline, 327 strikeouts in 514 games. The power in the past has not been there, but he's starting to develop it. 14 home runs last season, 12 already in 90 games this season. PCL. But the majors are kind of like the PCL right now. Yeah, this guy yeah. could be a, tw a twenty homer, three hundred hitter in the majors. Well, just look what happened to Josh Bell. I think it's a very similar profile. Josh Bell's actually struggled with batting average, yeah. which was unexpected. Um, 
No, Dominic Smith, the Mets took him 11th overall back in 2013. They they expected him to hit all along. It was just a question of would he develop enough power for a first baseman, and that's still a question worth asking. Mm-hmm. But because every other aspect of the hitter profile has manifested, uh, I think – from a long-term perspective, I'd still give him the benefit of the doubt. I don't know with first base being in the state it's in. I'm going to be excited when Dominic Smith gets called up, which will presumably happen. Presumably they'll trade Lucas Duda, and, and then they'll just turn it over to Smith. But uh, it's definitely definitely in the mix. Is there anyone else you would like to mention before we take off? Uh, yes. I would like to mention Scott Kingery, a couple players. Scott Kingery and Kristen Stewart. Thanks. Scott Kingery was a Pokemon, and Kristen Stewart was the star of Twilight. Twilight. That yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't think of. Yeah, she's very adventurous. She's very good at emoting. Right? She's she's an actress known for emoting. You know, I I I will say this for Kristen Stewart. Okay, <laughs> she gets a bad rap for those movies. She's actually a half decent actress. I will. We don't have time for Chris Taylor. We got plenty of time for Kristen Stewart. Uh, We're talking about prospects. Kristen <laughs> Kristen Stewart, spelled C H R I S T I N, is a Tigers prospect, an outfielder, who this year between Double A AA and Triple A has hit three twelve with twenty two home runs. Wait, no, I'm sorry, I'm on Scott Kingery's page. <laughs> I didn't think Kristen Stewart hit for that kind of well, batting average. Well, let's talk about Scott Kingery. Scott Kingery uh, is a Philadelphia. Phillas. Is that Mike Kingery's kid? Uh, I, I don't believe no so. Second baseman, uh, Scott Kingery, hitting 312 with 64 strikeouts in 81 games, 22 homers in those 81 games between AA and AAA as a 23-year-old. Yeah. However, it is worth noting, he had eight home runs in 199, nine, 197 games in the two prior seasons. That so. That's what's crazy about Scott Kingery is like, he looked like coming into this year just a, just kind of a fringe prospect, yeah. slap-hitting table setter type, guy who could run and, and hit his way on base. But power explosion. And it seemed like, you know, kind of what we said about Reese Hoskins coming into this year. He was among the minor league leaders in home runs, but it was like, oh, double-A reading. I mean, Redding? Double-A Redding. Redding. Like um, the railroad. Or I always, the town in Pennsylvania. I always thought it was reading railroad. It's re- it's Reading Railroad in Monopoly? Pretty sure it's Reading Railroad. So it has, yeah. it has nothing to do with the town of Pennsylvania. Like the rainbow-based children's book show. That was the Reading Rainbow. That, that's, Redding, that's not the Reading Rainbow. Reading Rainbow. That's the Reading <laughs> Rainbow. The Reading Rainbow. Double Re- uh, A Reading is a notoriously hitter-friendly venue. Uh, but Kingery had decent numbers on the road there. And since being promoted to AAA, four home runs and 49 at-bats, it doesn't seem like he slowed down at all. He's figured something out. A 2020 season already from a guy with pretty good contact skills. Cesar Hernandez is just coming off the DL. I don't know if the Phillies will be able to trade him, so I'm not counting on Kingery coming up, but um, there's a chance, and it's it's he's arguably the biggest gainer among prospects this year. Getting back to Stewart for the Tigers, a lot of power, a guy who walks a fair amount. It looks like a Carlos Santana-type profile to me. And uh, J.D. Martinez, I think, is a very good bet to get traded. So Stewart has a really good chance of getting called up. All right. That's it. I think is so. that all? I think that's all of it. Chris Taylor has an 895 OPS in the month of July. He's slowed down. How many home runs? One. Okay. That's one more than I have. <laughs> yeah, it is. 
<laughs> Chris Towers is basically Chris Towers. One more than all Whoops. these guys we just talked What's about. What's his him. Babbitt for July? Uh, that's around 400. Okay. I mean, look, you want to you wanna, – ultimately <laughs> what I think about Chris Taylor doesn't matter. I think he's bad. I think he'll bring you down. I can't. You're I free can't to wait. disagree. I can't Maybe wait to put the, put the description of this podcast episode together and put reluctant, trolly Chris Taylor discussion. You know, I'm just saying the guy has an 844 OPS for the year. There's no what do you like about him. It's what do you not like about him. Why is he not going to be good? I like Willie Calhoun more. He's not even the majors. He will be because Chris Taylor will stink. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back on Friday with a full Week 16 preview. Adam will be back to save us in four days. Time.